Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. I always forget about Twitter. It's there. And I know that I should post more on Twitter, but I don't. I just, I tend to prefer the other social media platforms. But one day I was just bombarded by talk of recession, recession this, recession that. I mean, it felt like everything in the day was around recession. So I had an idea. Why don't I just ask the Twitterverse who I should talk to? And luckily I got a message from our guest, Brandon. He's a CFP, PhD, associate professor of finance, and obviously knows a thing or two about recessions. So I thought, I'll just go to the source to find out what you and I both need to know about getting our money and our careers recession ready. Recession ready. 
Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money Podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. Brandon, I just want to welcome you to the show. I'm so excited for you to be here. Hey, Shauna, thanks for having me. So you're coming to us from Texas. I used to live in Texas. Um, I kind of grew up there as a kid. So how are things in Texas? They're good. It's uh, it's hot still, <laughs> starting to cool off. But, but yes. other than that, it's still Texas. Yes, yes. I think the thing that I uh, remember most slash hated the most in Texas were the ginormous cockroaches. Yeah. <laughs> I live in Los Angeles now, and I think every time I see a cockroach, I have like PTSD from when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'll say too, I do live uh, on the far east side. So, um, you know, still trees and everything over here. So probably not the Texas that most people think of. Um, yes. Yeah. There's there's lots of different variations of Texas, and it's interesting that we tend to only think of one thing, but there are some like really <laughs> beautiful parts. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that you, um, you're also a professor like myself. Um, I kind of fell into it like seven years ago. And I often say it's like a cross between the hardest yet most rewarding job that I never knew I wanted. Yep. <laughs> I never had any idea that I wanted to become a professor. Like what was your transition into uh professorship? Yeah, no, that's funny. I, uh, I tell people all the time, I kind of walked backwards through the back door. Um, yes, I only ever even considered getting an MBA because I had the GI bill and thought, you know, why not? And, uh, without going into a long story about halfway through the MBA, I thought, man, I'd really like to, you know, pick up the 18 hours in finance so I can be an adjunct occasionally. And, uh, by the time I started to get through with my master's, of course, at that point, it just made sense to go on and get, get the master's too. If you're picking up the 18 hours, might as well. Yeah. So by the time I got through with that, I thought, you know, I had taught my first class and thought, no, nah, this is what I'm supposed to do. You know, this this is too cool. <laughs> so I love it. It's awesome. Yeah. There's there's nothing like having however many students like staring at you, um, you know, just waiting for you to entertain them slash teach them. And then for me, I found the weird part was having to actually like grade and discipline uh, yeah. was just this whole other like, well, I don't really know what I'm doing, but we're just going to go for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I wanted to talk to you today. I reached out to you and, you know, there's so much noise out there about recession. I feel like every time we turn on the news or look at media, it's recession, 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 and it's getting these big headlines. And, you know, I wanted to have a conversation about it. You know, what what are the things that we need to know about recession? Like, what is it? What does this mean? Uh, and, and you're right. It's been, you know, 
all in the news lately. There's there's no way you've looked up any kind of economic or financial information and haven't you know come across this idea of a recession. Uh, in 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 practical terms, uh, we yes. can say the 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 economy is is pulling back. You know, so that that's a recession uh, when the economy starts to fall, and you know we can even think, I guess, a little more deeply into what that means, right? So there again, in practical, just, you know, what's the the average person out there that's listening? Uh, what are they concerned about in a recession? And it's jobs and yeah. the return that they're going to earn uh, on their savings that they have invested in the market. Uh, those two things are going to be the the big pullbacks uh, for, for average Joe or Jane out there. Uh, so, so unemployment goes up. Uh, stock returns go down generally. Right. And I guess I'm also curious because I'm always interested in like what's going on behind the scenes. So you mentioned a recession, it's it's this pulling back effect. But are there, you know, for let's just say novice people, are there certain like indicators or certain things that you can look at and go, okay, this sort of signals that we may be heading into a recession? There, there are, um, and it's it's not a cut and dry math equation. You know, I want to say that up front. The way you said it was perfect. There are things that indicate uh, a recession, uh, and there are certainly t- people that will tell you they can predict a recession uh, based on indicators. But I think that's taking it a little too far. There's there's a a you know whole host of issues that that affect. Uh, you know, whether or not we're going into a recession. And so you, you've you've really got a big, a big, you know, <laughs> bag of stuff there that you got to sort through. Uh, so it, it is not clear cut. But the big one that everyone's been talking about lately is the yield curve. So uh, in this, we can, I'll try not to go off on a rabbit trail here because this can get pretty technical, but. <laughs> take us down, take us down. Yeah, so with with a yield curve, um, and, and why that's got everybody, uh, you know, talking about it right now, you're, you're comparing the rate of return uh, or the interest rate on uh, debt instruments with different maturities and, and kind of by default, U.S. treasuries. So as an example, the two ends of the – and it's a spectrum, right? So all the various maturities. Generally, we're comparing the rate on a two-year government bond with the rate on a 10 year government bond. So, right. and if you can, you know, just picture plotting all the different maturities along that spectrum, right? So that's what we, that's the curve we're talking about. So when in, well, I guess let's talk about what a normal curve is, right? Before we talk about what an inverted one is. So normally you would expect the shorter term bonds to have a lower yield uh, than the longer term maturities. And, and just, for kind of simple reasons, think, you know, because you're tying your money up for a shorter period of time, right? So right, yeah. you don't really need as much of a of an interest rate on that uh, versus, say, the 10-year. You know, you're tying your money up for 10 years, so you would rightfully expect to be compensated a little more for that. And so when those conditions are true, um, you know, we say that the curve is normal and, uh, you know, outlook for the economy uh, is, you know, on a on a normal, you know, somewhat, you know, positive trend. Sure, sure. When the curve inverts, okay, we essentially just, you know, turn that upside down, right? That's that's what it means to invert. So shorter term instruments will have higher yields 
And so if you think about what that means, you know, we're we're saying we are, um, you know, expecting a higher rate on a shorter term instrument. And that speaks to uh, outlook on the economy. So what what kind of fuels that on the investor side? So the people who are you know, going to be purchasing the bonds, you and I, and again, average Joe and average Jane, they're thinking that long-term prospects for the economy, uh, you know, aren't as as good, right? They think in the short term that, uh, you know, as they as they look out into the future, that they don't have real high hopes uh, is, right, is what, right, what can kind yeah. of drive that, drive that inversion. And all of this is cyclic, right? Like this happens you know, it feels like every, I don't know how, however many years we hear the talk of recession come up. And I've had a lot of listeners send me questions and asking me about the recession and, you know, basically asking like, is this just hype? Because I feel like every couple of years I hear this term over and over again. And it's almost to the point where you kind of ignore it. Yeah. So no, definitely. Um, yeah. So if, if, if you're sitting in, you know, either one of our classes and we're teaching you, hey, this is a, a recession. Yeah, we're definitely going to going to talk about the business cycle. Uh, and so if you just, you know, imagine the the economy kind of fluctuating, uh, you know, you've got these short term fluctuations and they're kind of contrast against a longer term trend. Right. So, you know, the economy expands for a while. It would kind of reach a kind of a peak point and then the economy uh, starts to fall again. Uh, you know, hits kind of hits a bottom, we call the trough, and then the cycle repeats. Uh, it's not necessarily a symmetrical um, cycle, right? <laughs> so it's not, you know, some perfect pattern that we're going to follow. But but that general, um, you know, routine there, uh, yeah, is normal. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And you mentioned a couple of the ways that a recession has impact in our daily lives. So I guess the the next question to ask then is, how do we then best prepare our finances or ourselves or whatever it may be so that, you know, we can we can go through recession, uh, you know, minimally scathed <laughs> if possible? Yep. So, yeah. So I think the biggest one is going to be uh, and it's funny because it, a lot of times it does come down to those. You know, you and I are both CFPs. We talk all the time to people about really some pretty basic uh, financial disciplines. Uh, and one of the biggest is with that emergency fund, you know, have some money saved up, uh, you know, for, you know, for those short term emergencies. If, you know, we have a recession and your hours are cut at work or, you know, heaven forbid, you're laid off. Uh, you know, you're going to have some payments yeah. that are still going to have to be made. Right. So if you've got that emergency fund uh, built up, then, uh, you know, you're you're going to be a little better prepared now. Yeah, obviously, it's it's still not good that you're without without an income, but uh, that's better than being without an income and without, <laughs> uh, you know, an emergency savings. So everything's relative. Yeah. And it's it's funny because I. um I get asked all the time, like, what are the smart money moves that I should make? And I talk about this a lot on the podcast, probably so much so that people are like, oh my gosh, Shauna, stop talking about this. But it feels like 
in something like a recession or gosh, you name it, whenever something, some big cycle happens with our money, we're looking for the secret of how do we, how do we grow our wealth? How do we get through these times? And it always comes back to these basics that for a lot of people feel really boring and fundamental, except you and I both know that those are the things that really propel you forward or keep you, you know, safe in these times of, you know, shaky economy or whatever it may be, shaky job market. You know, too, and then the other thing, again, kind of keep in mind that we're we're talking about short-term fluctuations, contrast against a long-term trend. So, you know, just because we experience a recession, uh, you know, say we let's say we have one in the next six months or year or whenever, uh, you know, kind of kind of think about the different. Uh, so you know you've got your emergency fund and that would be something to to shield you in the short run, but you know think about your retirement savings too, right? That's a yeah. long term investment. So you know if you've still got several decades, uh, you know until you retire, you know I would say be careful too not to overreact and start tinkering with your allocation. You know, think about, you know, when you set that allocation, if, if you did it correctly, you know, you set that allocation with a long term goal in mind, which is retirement. Right. So those short term fluctuations uh, are really not something that you need to try to dance around uh, until you get to that point. You know, you're going to start making, you know, emotional and behavior driven decisions. Uh, and again, as you well know, that's not when you're going to make the best investment decisions. So so keep that perspective in mind. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard, You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top rated personal finance app. And now listeners of this show get an extended 30 day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash ETM. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash ETM for your extended 30 day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. 
When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete.me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete.me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide DeleteMe with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have DeleteMe. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. DeleteMe is not just a one-time service. DeleteMe is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to joindeleteme.com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. I was really hoping I could muster up some sort of like a scary Halloween, like ghost boo voice to intro this for you. But at last, I'm just really terrible with voices. So just pretend that I did that. And We're almost like so close to Halloween. And every year I say that I'm going to dress up, I'm going to go to a party, I'm going to be super cool, and it never happens. (laughs) So I'm just going to live super vicariously through you, all right? But it's really interesting. I read this study done by WalletHub, and it said that consumers are expected to spend $8.8 billion in celebration. I don't know how that number strikes you, but that's a lot of cash. And then it says that combined with this really spooky, scary economy that we're in has people in a cold sweat. Some interesting things that I pulled from it. 78 million Americans say their finances have reached quote unquote horror status, including 34% of millennials. 
37% of people admit to having nightmares about money. I have so been there. (laughs) I really have. I don't know. What about you? I can get this like recurring dream about uh, jumping in water and I'm either drowning or I'm like popping up to the surface. But I know that it has to be money related at times because it's those times where I really feel like, oh my gosh, everything is going to come crashing down and I have to just breathe and relax. They ask the question too, what scares and stresses you out the most? 30% of people said money. And I think it's, again, so interesting, this parallel between money being this taboo topic that we don't want to talk about, that we don't want to think about, except you because you're amazing and you're listening to podcasts and probably reading articles. You're probably doing a lot with your money. But 30% of people say that their money scares and stresses them out the most. Of course, right behind that, 24% is politics. And I mean, (laughs) no matter how you feel, who can argue with that one, right? 18% is health. 12% is terrorism, and 8% is economy and work. So it's interesting that the economy and our jobs stress us out a fraction compared to money, which is the leader, or politics. I just, I think that's really interesting. I think that says a lot about uh, just the conversations that we don't have around money. They also said in this study that Uh, 213 million Americans are planning on spending less on Halloween this year compared to last year. So I'm super curious, what was that number last year? Because it seems like a really high number this year. And 177 million Americans are fearful of a recession. Huh, Hmm. maybe they need to check out this episode. I'm sure Brandon would have some advice for them. Nine in 10 Americans agree that politicians prey on people's financial fears. I don't know how you feel about this one, but I definitely, definitely agree. I think financial fears are really real and like super tangible for all of us. And it's super easy to get our our mindset focused on all the bad stuff. I think it's classic like politician talk. Like if you really dig down into what politicians do and how they try to play with our mindset, I totally believe that they're just, they're trying to catch us in those, in those fears and particularly in the financial fears, because we obviously just learn like that's the thing that weighs heavily on people and stresses them out. A last bit of info, the worst credit cards charge annual fees as high as 995 bucks and APRs up to 36%. I've talked about this on the podcast often. I've had really good luck at getting annual fees negotiated, waived, removed from credit cards that I have. But I do find a lot of those cards that are coming out that have those really high annual fees, it's not so easy to get that thing waived. So just a little something to think about if you're thinking about one of those cards. And also just a good reminder to look at your credit card interest rate And give the company a quick call. See if you can get your interest rate lowered, especially if you're like a solid customer and you always pay on time. Just call them up, say, hey, I noticed this interest rate. It feels really high. Is there any way I can lower the interest rate? I'm a really good customer. I pay my bills on time, blah, 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 fill in the blank. If not, I'm thinking about going with another card that has a lower interest rate. 
The good news is, though, that we don't have to let these scary horror stats get us down. I really challenge you to do one thing today, whether it's look at your account balance or pay a little extra on a credit card or ask for that raise or call to negotiate your cable bill a little bit lower, whatever it is, anything to change those scary money feelings to happy ones, that's a win for me. Yeah. How can you, uh, you know, along those lines, like how can you, because it's, it's, I feel a lot of times a, a mindset piece because we do get, you know, sucked into the clickbait and all of the, the news headlines when something like that happens, you know, how can you mentally prepare yourself to, to stay the, the course and to not make those rapid changes? So yeah, education certainly helps, right? Um, you know, if you're if you're looking at your investments and you you've really taken the time to understand what it is you've done or you've worked with somebody who's who's kind of, you know, helped you through the process, uh then then I think it helps, you know, with with an understanding of, you know, hey, what do these short run fluctuations mean or what am I really doing with this money? Uh so if you take the time to to learn a little bit, and I'm not saying you have to you know, become, you know, go get a master's degree in finance or anything <laughs> like that, or go be a CFP yourself. But, you know, even just some some simple, uh, you know, accessible books, get an understanding of of the asset allocation process and goal setting. And, and so that you can have more confidence in the decisions that you have made. Or if you haven't done this and you get off the podcast and you say, OK, that sounds like a good thing to do. Let me go do that. Um, you know, you'll have some confidence in the decisions. Uh, that you've made and, and I think be better prepared to to stick with them. For sure. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I was uh, doing a little poking around on your website before uh, the podcast interview. And uh, I love that you say you're a big fan of of indexing, the indexing strategy and retirement planning. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about like why you love index. So, so I am a, a big believer in that. A, a large reason is because I don't think that as individual investors, I don't think that it's uh, really possible for us to expect to be able to outsmart the market. Uh, so if but it if sounds I, like it, but it sounds so much fun, right? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. You know, as again, I, I have this conversation all the time with, and I tell them, uh, you know, investing done right is really kind of boring. You know, um, yeah. you're not watching the headlines and you're not trying to 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 guess which company is going to be the next big thing. And, you know, you just understand that there's a there's a wide world out there. There's a lot of stocks out there that are trading and and you're just not going to be able to sift through all of that. Um, and, and not because you're incapable. Um, you know what I'm what I'm saying is I don't think that it's a a thing that can be done. I want to be clear about. Uh, what I'm saying here, it's not you can't develop a skill set um, to, to to be able to do that uh, to an extent greater than the market just does it itself. Right. And I'm talking about pricing securities. So if you accept that, then you understand that, uh, you know, you're really you're spending your wheels, both in terms of the time and the expense then of sifting through all that data, trying to find the next big thing. So an index fund. Uh, let's you just take a big chunk of the market, get invested uh, in a group of securities that that have uh, sort of similar characteristics and behaviors. And then you can use those index funds 
to kind of piece together a portfolio. And, and really, it's the portfolio ultimately uh, that drives uh, your return uh, and, and the risk that you're taking. So index funds are just sure. a, a good, efficient uh, way of getting access to investments. And I, I'm glad that you brought that up uh, because I feel like there's a lot of people that are still pretty nervous to start investing, particularly with talk of recession or the stock market kind of, you know, having wild fluctuations where they just feel whether it's 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 more conservative or just the sphere or really just this, I don't even know what I'm doing uh, when I'm investing, that indexing could be this method to at least, you know, get your feet in the door and like you said, feel like you don't have to have a MBA in finance to know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, you, you don't have to go out there. I'm not talking about looking for any kind of, you know, fancy index that, that tracks some, you know, <laughs> super exciting, an S&P 500 index fund, you know, a small cap fund, you know, something simple, get you an international fund, put a couple of them together. Um, you know, again, do a little reading on asset allocation, make sure the asset allocation fits, uh, you know, both your ability and, and willingness to take on that risk and that it meets the kind of the goals you have. And, um, and I guess I'm saying it like it's, you know, as, as simple as pouring a glass of water. But kind of the point there is <laughs> it does not have to be super complicated. You don't need to understand options and short sales and all of that uh, just to get a simple investment plan going. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash ETM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash ETM. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club, a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time or just relax to a good book, Listen to The Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows, beautiful stories all told from start to finish. And you can even do a real book club. Tune into The Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. 
Subscribe to The Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in The Daily Book Club. Hi, I'm Karina Bemisterfer, host of Morning Cup of Murder, your daily true crime podcast. Yes, you heard me right. Daily true crime. Every day, Morning Cup of Murder tells you a straightforward, short-form story about murder, true crime, cold cases, disappearances, serial killers, cults, and more. And I do that all in under 15 minutes. With over three years of stories and over 20 million downloads, the Morning Cup of Murder podcast has become a staple of so many people's daily routines. So why not add it to yours? Stream Morning Cup of Murder everywhere you listen to podcasts. And remember, stay safe. Yeah, that's such great advice. I, I love that. I, I knew I wanted to chat about that because <laughs> I, I feel like, you know, again, there's just like so many people that fall in this black hole of just, you know, almost like an indecision because there's too many options out there. Um, I, I'd love to know, Rhiannon, you know, doing a little research on you, uh, you know, was was money always a fascination to you? Was this career always something that you knew you wanted to to fall into? No, absolutely not. Um, I, again, so you know that that analogy of walking backwards to the back door. When I went <laughs> to undergrad, um, I only majored in business, uh, really out of a lack of you know not really knowing what I wanted to major in. Uh, I had never had a finance class. Uh, I had taken an econ class in high school, but it was one of those like, you know, how the the cliche is the uh, the coach yes. also teaches the health class kind of yes. deal. Yeah. So so our Spanish teacher also taught the econ class. So, I mean, it wasn't right on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it wasn't. Uh, I had an econ class, but and no harm against him. Right. He was a Spanish guy. It's just somebody had to teach it. So there he was. Sure. Um, so I had essentially no exposure to any of this. Well, thankfully, uh, where I went to uh, undergrad, Southern Arkansas, they had a class uh, called American Enterprise. And part of that class involved, they got a professor from each area and kind of did a little round robin. So one day the marketing guy spoke, you know, one day the management lady spoke, you know, just went around. And uh, the finance guy came and talked about time value of money and saving for retirement. And I truly, and I'm actually friends with him uh, today, Dr. Ashby, uh, truly probably that single presentation uh, did more to, to, you know, turn me this, I mean, I thought it was witchcraft. I thought, <laughs> what did that guy just do? You know, that you know, and I checked the numbers, checked the numbers. And I thought, okay, that was, that was way too cool. That day I decided, uh, you know, to major in finance. So, and again, still never thought I would uh, go on to get a PhD and become a professor. But in hindsight, uh, I think if I would have known then what I know now, I just certainly this is what I would have done. Uh, you know, definitely. Yeah. Love it. It's just interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. So was it the the presentation on retirement that that captivated you? It was. Don't I sound like a real fun dude to hang out with? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? If you can help beef all of our uh, retirement plans up, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was that was it. I just thought that was so cool. I had never heard, uh, you know, anything like that. Uh, saw how powerful it was. 
And uh, yeah, I was hooked. I love that. That's such a good story. Brandon, this has been so educational. Uh, I feel like you really broke down recession in a way that um, we can all understand. But I'd love, we kind of talked about this, but I'd love just to wrap it up. Are there like two or three steps you think we should take to prepare ourselves that if a recession is on a horizon, this is a good way to get ourselves like hunkered down? Yeah. So, and you're right. We did already say um, two of the big ones, right? Which is make sure your emergency fund, uh, you know, kind of fits your situation, right? So if if you're in a a type of career that, uh, you know, may be more affected by the recession and you think, um, you know, you may experience several months of a layoff or reduced wages or, you know, whatever, make sure that you have that emergency fund built up uh, to kind of match that. Uh, educate yourself on investments, set the asset allocation that you're comfortable with so you don't feel the need to make any emotional decisions. And then the last one, which is probably the biggest um, and, and not probably something you can just do overnight, is I would say thinking in terms of your career, um, whether it be broad career changes or just even small job changes, employer changes, uh, you know, think about right now your job, your profession, uh, and how it may fare uh, generally in a recession. Again, though, uh, it will. And let me let me back up, finish that thought before I move on. Um, and and to the extent you can, right? Try to right. try to maybe make a change uh, to reduce your exposure to that risk of recession. And I'll say this too, and 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 Shauna, I bet you felt this a little bit as well. You know. What what is normal? So if you go and you say, okay, well, how does my job typically fare in a recession? Uh, you know, and you you try to look up, well, how does you know firefighter, whatever it is you are, how does that fare in a recession? Uh, doesn't mean that that will be the same uh, experience in the next recession. So just kind of a word of caution there. So I graduated college in two thousand and eight. Ooh, with a finance degree. Ooh. My career stalled for a couple of years, you know, yes. So, and I say that and that's kind of glaring because finance is typically, uh, you know, one of those one of those fields that you wouldn't expect uh, there to be such. A, but obviously, the last um, recession was so driven uh, by the finance industry that, you know, that that industry just experienced a big upset uh, in terms of career prospects. So so just a word of caution. Uh, you know, go back and kind of see what what's the norm. But, um, you know, just just know that there's there's always something different uh, in the next one. Right. So just always add in that that X factor that the pattern might not repeat itself. So why not just get yourself in the best position you possibly can be in regardless yeah. Yeah. And, and again, this is definitely something that you can't do overnight, but for, for anybody who's out there going to do some long-term planning. And if you're young, you know, this, this supposed, and, and, and again, I don't, I don't try to predict uh, anything, but you know, a lot of people think we're, we're probably coming up on a recession soon. If you're young, this won't be the last recession you experience. So think long-term, develop your human capital. So, and I don't necessarily mean go to college, but that's a good way of developing your human capital. But develop a skill set or something that you can sell uh, 
in an employment context or something that you can, you know, generate uh, income with as, you know, being self-employed, uh, but something that that enhances the value of your labor uh, will, will protect you. Uh, not not necessarily absolutely, but, you know, protect you to some degree uh, in, in any given recession. Yeah, I love that tip. That's so awesome. It's, I've always said my best asset has been the ability to stack up all sorts of different skills so I could be kind of a ninja in lots of different things. And uh, you really see people that have all sorts of different skills in a recession be able to be nimble and yes. move around, especially if they're like yourself and they graduate in a recession year. And oh, wow, that that degree happened to be the like one uh, career field that sort of like imploded <laughs> yeah. during that time. Yeah, that's just such great advice. Wow. Well, Brandon, I would love for you to tell listeners if they want to reach out to you and connect with you, how can they find you? Uh, yeah, the easiest way is uh, just going to be my website, brandonrenfro.com. Uh, that's uh, you'll, you'll obviously, I, I, I write a blog there, it's a retirement related blog. Uh, so if you want to, you know, read up on that, it's it's there as well. Um, and then uh, social media, I'm on Twitter uh, and I'm on uh, Facebook as well. Brandon, thank you so much for all of that knowledge. I feel like it always comes back to basics, right? Like build a strong emergency fund, watch your investments, know your numbers, where you're spending your money, and then don't be complacent in your career and I feel like even though they're basics, these basics really hold up whether we're gearing up for a recession or we're just trying to live life day in, day out. I'm hoping Brandon inspired you. And if you want to connect with him, head on over to his site, brandonrenfro.com. You can always check out the show notes for all the links in case you're curious. But thank you so much for checking out this episode. Share it with your friends and family who also need to get recession ready. And then head on over to iTunes to rate and review the podcast. It means so very much to me. I'll see you back here in a few days for a fresh new episode. 